Hi, I'm Craig Wilson Fraser, co-author of uh, John Draper's biography, Beyond the Little Blue Box, and you're listening to the Scene World Podcast. Hey, Scene World Silly Podcast. Silliest model. What? Silliest new normal. Yes, that's, that is correct. And yeah, and actually, yeah, uh, it, that's actually sort of what my uh, my uh, my my news is about. Um, but 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 before though, before that, yes, this is a yeah, podcast. I'm AJ. That's Jörg. In a minute, we're going to be talking to Irata. Exactly, talking about copy parties, game cracking, early '80s, all the forbidden stuff. Oh, yeah. That's one we wanted to do since a long, long while. We started but, this thing. Yeah, and now we are finally stepping into this. Um, it's a phone interview that HA hasn't been a part of, unfortunately. I missed but, it. Um, but it went well, went very well. Mm-hmm. And before that, start with the silly news. My silly news is that uh, Vintage is the New Old, which is down. Well, or, no, it's, it's, it's still there. It's still there. But, you know, it has been um, um, kind of reborn as what Bitno. it used to be. Dot, yeah. Dot org. yeah. But but Vintage is the New Old, the domain, is currently for sale for $24,610. Wow. So if you want to if you want to order that, if you want to buy that domain, Vintage is the New Old dot com. Um, apparently, uh, you can you can purchase it from uh, from um, Otis. Oh yeah, one of those brokers, yeah. domain brokers. Yeah, it shows when you go to this website, it pops up on the top like this domain is currently for sale. By now and currently, yeah, 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 it's domain brokers. Yeah, like our sceneworld64.de used to be four thousand euros. No, you can get it for nine nine hundred. 80 euros. Oh, we've, we've devalued. Yeah, we revalued. Yeah. But still, I like sceneworld.org more. Yeah. The reason why we lost sceneworld64.org is actually that um, the domain provider went out of business. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yes. And back like- then, you had to cancel it at DNIC the domain registration from Germany using a fax. Good, good old times. Good old times. Yeah. 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 Good old times. Fax machines. Well, so that's what you got. That's what I got also. So we can skip that one. Yeah. Anyway, um, Anita Zarkazian, the one that was fighting for more equality in video games regarding females mm-hmm. has shut down feminist frequency after 15 years in operation. Um, reasoning was burnout and other reasons. Um, yeah, so unfortunately, that's shut down. It was a non-profit for 15 years. and um, But it's told that the YouTube ch- channel We'll still release stuff once in a while. Okay, okay. Yeah. Yes, well, and on the other hand, I have a follow-up. Um, when Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge was released, we also discussed with our guest if they would make a follow-up, and they said no, but they are working on a DLC, which has been released now. It's called oh. Dimension Shell Shock. Okay. Yes. And last news. Star so that's, that's, it. that's the, yeah. the, the uh, Ninja Turtles where they got like the original cartoon voices and everything from, you know, and they, and they actually really good game on Steam. I, I actually downloaded it and, and purchased it and whatnot. It's a really solid game. It is, yeah. And now it has this DLC. Awesome. And also... You can see our interview with them 
in the podcast. Sure, is great. certainly, certainly. We have been on the asses of dot emu to make it happen. Yeah, remember that bit. Going back and forth with France. Yeah. Finally, yeah. Other news: After 25 years, Bethesda released a new universe, a new franchise called Starfield. Ah, yes, yes. Everybody's talking about it. I have heard um, less than great things about it. Um, it depends. What I heard was wonderful. Um, I guess it depends who you ask. Well, okay, so so the person um, that I spoke to that had tried it said that um, it's not really a space game. It's like Fallout 4 set in space. Well, it's an RPG, not 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 um, a space simulator. Yeah, and when it comes yeah. to graphics and flight model, it, it, uh, it, it Starfield's flight consists of you selecting a planet within a menu and then fast traveling to it via a loading screen. So you can't fly in an atmosphere, you can't land on planets. It's all a cutscene. Well, I haven't been that far in the game yet, so I can't really say. But not... um, you're right. You're right. It's not really an a No Man's Sky kind right. of game. Yeah, yeah. It's more like an RPG, um, a role-playing game. That is actually what Bethesda is selling it as. Yeah. Um, and I know that firsthand because I have been the pleasure um, to be in this official press release presentation at Gamescom in the business area of Bethesda um, together with all the German uh, YouTuber and Twitch C-tier VIPs and getting this presentation thrown at. So they are really selling it as an RPG, not as a No Man's Sky or yeah, or yeah. Ring Command or something. So yeah. Well, Ring Command is pretty RPG. Yeah, but nah, it's really more like fighting in the dock and stuff. I mean, it depends. <clears throat> it depends. It depends. Mm -hmm. The Wing Commander 4 and 5 has RPG um, parts, elements, because you can decide in which direction you want the story to go. The, the original, yeah, the, the very first RPG, the very first um, Wing Commander was more, um, was more RPG. Yeah, you're in space, you're, you're walking around making your choices. After that, uh, Wing Commander 3 and 4 and whatnot was basically watching a movie with occasional dogfighting. Yeah. With good acting by, by Mark Hamill, you know. Gotta and Mark McDouble. Yeah, yeah. Got to give them credit. I, we, my, my friend Andre and I used to play that on the original PlayStation back in the day. I played it on PC. Mm. So it's uh, it, they were they were good games. It was one was some of the first to use the full motion video and not have it suck. Yeah, but 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 on the PC, Wing Commander was earlier one year. Wing Commander, uh, sorry, uh, Command and Conquer was one year earlier than. Um, I, I didn't say it was Wing the Commander first. Before. I said it's one of the first to to use full motion video mm. and not have it suck. Hmm. Actually, one of the first was Dune, and not and not the uh, Dune strategy game, which was released at Dune 2, but Dune the the adventure game. No, I don't. That has an that had that had that has that had an FMV sequence at the mm. start. Amazingly, yeah. But then but then came Wing Commander three. Wing, and then came Commander Conquer, and then came Wing Commander Four. Yeah, Wing Commander Three was pretty much almost all. I mean, it was just you know, just just you're watching a movie, and it's every so often you go out and you fight a fight a thing, and then you come back and you watch another movie. It was, I mean, you know, it was it was a lot of video. And not not to say that it's bad. It's just you know, it's it's right. It's just a lot of a lot of full. It's the, almost the entire game was full motion video. From what I recall, it's been a long, it's been a while since I've played them. Yeah. So. Yeah. Anyway, that's it. Mm -hmm. And now let's go to Rata. Boom, boom. Okay.
Today we are having another interview for our podcast and as a guest we have an old famous cracker, Irata, from TriStar and Red Sector. Hello. Hello. Nice yeah. to talk to you finally. On, on the beginning, it just was not really Red Sector, not even TSI, it was just fresh tracking group. That's my first group in the early 80s. So how did it actually start out in the early 80s? How did you get your Commodore 64 and so on? What was the starting point? Uh, the starting point was I made a practicum at my dad's uh, company. And from this uh, money, I bought my first 64 with data setter. Okay. And in the first, uh, yeah, the first hotspot points here in Düsseldorf, it was a photo Koch, then a store called Horten, and local shop of Quelle. That was the really beginning. That was in 1983. Wow, actually a few months after the Commodore was released in Germany, the uh, 64 I even don't know, I, I think it was released in 1982. Yeah, uh, November, not sure. November, I, I believe. So. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but uh, I, I don't have any sponsors, I just uh, buy it from my, my own money I uh, earn in the holidays, and uh, yeah. But it was okay for the for the beginning. It gets in the beginning a lot of tape tracks because I only have a tape deck to copy the files. There was no floppy, and so I was always interested in one part games because you can't load it from the data setter if it's several parts. So I have a, a collection of tapes with turbo tape with the loader. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I just load it in the computer and then save it to the data setter on a normal audio tape. That was the really beginning. People of the newer days even can't imagine how it, how hard it was in the really early days. And I mean, uh, in the early days, you even didn't have uh, any fast loader or speed tape system, so it no. was really slow. Only turbo tape. It was a loader for tapes. I think it's still around the people who are still using the data setter. It's like a fast loader on for tapes, not for, for this. So it was just for tapes. And yeah, end of '83, I met a guy in Cast. He was a friend of my cousin. And later on, he was yeah, our supplier on the PC, long time ago. And then we start to go to Fenlo every month. Every month we drive from Düsseldorf to Fenlo in 83. And yeah, then it was a really copy session. You copy all the new games in Fenlo, but it, it always was really bad cracks and so the society here in, in, in Düsseldorf or around Düsseldorf, they always made really quality versions. Mm -hmm. And that was my source in the beginning. I don't have any sources for original or have any people who get really fast originals. And yeah, we just start like this. So it was actually copy parties. Yeah, it was copy parties, but yeah, there was no really scene in Europe. It was always the local scenes here in Düsseldorf or Nordrhein-Westfalen was a, a special port. Then in Italy was F4CG, who also tracked the same games like like us, but even we don't have uh, any contact to them or there are no any boards to that time so we we don't know that they release the same games like me, like us it was always uh, local uh, hotspots mm, okay so how did you become aware of the people around you as i said 
effort GG from other countries. How did that start? It starts because the people from Düsseldorf always think uh, I'm an arrogant guy. And in the beginning, I want to join a group local, basically on Düsseldorf and around Düsseldorf. But even if this don't working, I just looking forward to some foreign co contacts. And that was also the reason why the founder from Alpha Flight mentioned me as the the founder of Alpha Flight, because they don't want to do something together, and that was the reason why the group was born. Interesting, interesting. Okay, I see. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, I'm too young to remember that, to know that, but I think, especially in the early days, you had a lot of risk of getting caught by the police and stuff? No, not... not no? Not in, in the early days of 83 or 84. No, nobody cares about this because uh, they, they even don't recognize that it's uh, uh, um, yeah, a computer people were using. So. So, so only the nerds, the youngsters used computers and the older generation didn't even know what the computer was about. So. Yeah, and it just grew from week to week and I get in touch with the people from Netherlands like Thousand One Crew or Future Projects. I got my best contact in England, Teesside Tracking Service, and it just grew from point to point. And it was, yeah, a really trust community because it was so close that even they know each other and yeah no it's different to the scene of today today the internet and everything around this it, it's so easy to to get in touch with people and this was the problem in the really beginning also to code some stuff there was nothing there were no dev kits or anything you all always have to Code your own tools, and it's that's different to the time of uh, today. Yeah, but I think it it was something special in the beginning because the people and the friends I know from these days, even I lost the contact for 10 or 15 years, and I met them again. It was the same feeling like in the beginning, and I really disappointed of the scene of today, that's, that's not the same. For sure, you can't move back to, to, the, to the old days. And I'm not the guy who always says, okay, the old times was really better than today, but a few things was really cool. And always think that new inspired, new inspiration of today and the, the good ones from the past would be a really good advantage for the future. Mm -hmm. So so how did you get in touch with people basically then? Did you get the addresses and the contacts of people from the prod that you mentioned earlier by Discmax or...? No, no, there was no Discmax to that time. In 83 there was no, no Discmax. No, that you trading or you swapping with people, and then you ask, just ask them, can you give, can you ask your friend if I also can swap with him, and then they ask them, and then they send you the address. That was so it easy. was word of mouth, actually, basically. Okay. Yeah, it was uh, just yeah, community inside, and it was not so competition like uh, today. They were in different different groups, but they always do some projects together. It was not uh, the, the main point to, to just to release for your own route. It just was a feeling to, to the community together. And yeah, I don't know. It's uh, really different today of uh, the scene of today. And yeah, I don't know. What was the turning point? Where did the early days end and the newer cracking days begin? What, I what think, think? 
I think it was when American groups start modem trading, they destroy a lot of things. And, and the European people think it's a major thing to to run a group worldwide, and, but it was not always the best way to do it. If you have some smaller groups who don't have the connections to the mailboxes or to the call overseas, they they just release some stuff by mail trading, but if they lost the community because you don't send it out by mail anymore because they always upload it to the mailboxes, I don't know. It was not the major thing, I think, but sure, the time passing and you going back to the past, you always think, okay, that was a mistake do it but yeah I know but that was the time that I was always moving ahead you know so you think the BBS scene especially from America changed a lot yeah even the people from Fairlight on from Micro they destroy it because to my time the cracks from the American groups they were so bad cracked and that was the reason because when I kicked out of Flash Trading Group, I joined Red Sector, and it was it was a Canadian import, mostly a hacker group. They don't trade so much, and there was a conference of Bill Best, of the founder of Red Sector in Canada, Mr. Zirpage and me, and they thought, okay, I know a supplier in England who have a original. And I'm sure think we can do better trades to send it to our good friends and it's even faster than the board scene will release it. And that was the point of yeah of founding a global community. And I think the people from Canada they are more European Spirit like the, the Europeans himself. It's interesting, okay. Mm. I didn't yeah, know but uh, yeah, and the main thing of the interview for me when I talked to NodePoint a long, long time ago was when I'm, I don't know, I don't want that I'm going to die in the next uh, three months, but when you don't start somewhere, of the startups, they get lost yeah. because they, they don't have any community how it really was then people telling information and nobody can trust if it's true or not that was uh, true yes that is the reason why we do those interviews to preserve the stories and the history of how things have been and yeah and i figured especially in the theme of cracking from the 80s, a lot of people telling me like, no, I don't want to talk about it. And I'm afraid of what people might think if I tell them I I cracked cartridges, discs and tape releases. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, but they always uh, talk to each other. It was not really public, but uh, it's still going the way, uh, maybe really slow, but uh, the information even goes around to maybe people who didn't have to know it and yeah I don't know it's a different sign see how it works in in the really future or in the middle of, of the 80s there was a really major changes and yeah I don't know it's interesting that, that you mention it because I remember back in, in Vandalism News, I've read that there was a point where people were saying the cracking scene is going to die, especially in 93. But if I look at your profile in the Commodore Scene database, especially in 93, you had a lot of activity originally supplier. Yeah, but that was uh, always uh, 
a local supply. I don't have any fast suppliers in, in UK or whatever. It was just local shops and I always try to get some new games, but it was nothing compared to the major groups. But I really don't care because yeah, we do our own quality releases for our own and for our friends. And that was the thing what was important for me. Yeah. And it, it was not so really... Yeah, the, yeah the, the Hall of Fame, because I released now 10 games as first. That was, in the beginning, it was not important, because we tracked the same games, like maybe Triad did, and Triad sent me their versions, and I sent them our versions, and the versions who was quality best, was this was the major thing, what's important, not the first release. And I don't know, this really changed over the years. Yeah, especially when we, when original games beca became scarce and really seldom, I guess that is where the competition started because you have less games, so there's more competition to get it out faster. Yeah, but faster is not always the best that's it's in everything if you don't care really on, on quality sometimes it's going in the wrong way and and the new people if they see how it works because they just see fast releases bad quality they think it's normal they don't know the real thing what really it's important and it's not their fault because they don't grow up and they don't know the history, I don't know. So what is your opinion about groups like Remember or Nostalgia <coughs> who are doing golden releases? Uh, I've, I've seen it, it's a, I've seen it's a cool, cool way, but uh, they did the same like we did in the beginning. We always do uh, good versions, and um, and today it's also uh, really hard because there are not so many games coming out anymore. And why not to do a, a, a good versions again? Exactly. Yes. Um, you you told me at the beginning you started out as a cracker for games. Using no, I, tape? No, no I, I just collect them because there was the only possibility to keep him. That was the problem. And I don't start as a cracker, I start as a, as a swapper in the really early days. Uh, that was uh, my real beginning. And the other things to do, how to organize a worldwide group or a worldwide community. The main thing I learned from the Canadian people, they taught me how to do it. They care about friendship and yeah, the, the Canadian section even get busted for phone freaking. And that, that's why uh, the group go down in, in Canada and we have to decide to continue and uh, we don't know how to do it because it was just me and Mr. Zerbage. And yeah, I just being in touch with the Canadian people about three or four years ago. And yeah, Bill Best, that's no, that's no real Alia. It's really his name. It's Bill Best, that's his normal name. <laughs> and yeah. And these people, they created how to call worldwide. Without this possibility, the world won't be the same and grow up like a worldwide network in the beginning. And I think a lot of things have moved and changed for that the people can connect everywhere in the world. And it was an advantage. Yeah, I always had to wait weeks until I got an answer when I sent out some some new game cracks or demos or something. And it yeah. always took four weeks to get an answer from Australia or something. That was yeah, like well, super extreme. For me, for me, it was always cool because I 
living in, in Düsseldorf, and Düsseldorf was, uh, had a, a good airport. And if you're living in a town who have airports, the sendings are going to the destination even faster. And that was, yeah, that's why I get some productions or some, um, yeah, some sendings from people even faster. But uh, I always, uh, um, in when I send some this maybe to try it was maybe one sending a week and i got seven or eight sendings a week from triad they were crazy <laughs> oh yeah the sweets yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah but yeah they do did a good job and yeah and i'm thinking that also was uh, starting with the swedish people I always I trade with Swedish trekking group. That was my first Swedish contact, and later on I started that cooperation with Def Jam, which was also located in, in Sweden. Mm -hmm. So I always have a good yeah a good port to the Swedish people, and yeah, I know, I like them. The special thing about Triad in particular is. They made a good transition some years when they were in the late 90s, very little amount of new games. They actually made a good transition to turning out being more of a demo-making group. Yes, that was my uh, reason also, because uh, when I returned to the scene in, in 2003, I even uh, tried to continue, like we did before on the tracking scene, but there was no point to arrange something really to the big groups anymore. And then I was the decision to change it to the, yeah, to the legal scene again. And it was just a, a major change, but I still love to join the group and I'm one of the founder. And I want, I don't want that it goes down that way. And even the funny thing is, we don't release anything for four, five, six years. And the other groups, they abuse, they talking shit about us because they angry that we don't lost all our members or our community. Even we don't release anything. So funny. And yeah, it was a strong community of really friendship. It was not really the point to read things. It mm. was a community together of friends. And yeah, releases is not everything. That's true, that's true, yeah, yeah. Especially May Day, what that you are a part of. It was just founded like 11 years ago, which is not that old, actually. Yeah, okay. But if you talk to the new people, né, uh, if they mentioned, oh, I'm, I'm a really long time member of the group, and then asking, how long are you a member of the group? Six months. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay, they have another sign of the world, of, of the time rising, I don't know. And I just joined May Day because my birthday is on the... 3rd of April, and on the 3rd of April, it's always a May Day party here in, this, uh, in Dortmund. Mm. And uh, yeah, that's also the point. I was a honor member of the May Day people, and I really liked them, and they're good friends, and yeah, that's, that was a ma major thing to to join a group. But for me, the time it's, it's over to, to be part of a group, I just want to, yeah enjoy even at last my last period of my life to just to yeah have a good time with my friends that's the major thing of life to have a good time and yeah to enjoy your friendship and even in our crazy world who always only counts of money and things like this 
It was not really a point of my life, even I was working for the telegram or whoever. It was just earning money to to yeah to buy things. It was not my major thing of my life spirit. I totally understand. <laughs> totally understand. The thing is, actually, I remember when I joined the scene. That was actually in eighty. Sorry, that was actually in ninety-eight. There was a lot of oh, you are a lamer, you are t too young to be a part of the scene and doing something with potential gain and so on. And I think it's actually the people that came after the early generation that is actually keeping up what we have nowadays so i find that always a bit sad when i see fights like yeah elite against newbies and lamers yeah but i don't know i don't take this really serious because when you start in the scene you're not at even in one week on the top you grow up some way exactly. and and it takes time to to do it and i really don't like this newbies stuff or ramos or elite or something yeah it even was the writing on the, the boards or in the scene himself if people don't react as normally they have to talk shit about the things and i don't know it's not my my already sign of life today or in the past and I even was too busy with all my stuff. I was the major original supplier and organizer. I don't have time to talk on the boards on this shit. It was so many time things to do and and it was funny. I talked to some really old school people from Munich a long time ago and they even saw my handle, Irata, it was not one guy, it was a group. Because I do so much in the beginning. They even think uh, I'm a really group, uh, I'm a really group, but uh, it wasn't, that wasn't the thing. <laughs> yeah, it's funny to to know, uh, to hear this after all these this years. Yes, as your release list, it's true, you actually did a few quite a few releases in the 80s and 90s under your own handle alone yeah yeah that was always the stuff who was too bad for the major groups okay and i talked to biermacht because they were on 64 they were in the group the four guys i don't know if you know that and he told me two years ago on the work that I'd mentioned on the 64 for 1,650 releases. Wow. Not only the releases I did for, for my group, it was also mentioned in, in the stroller, in the greetings, everything. So if you go on Pokefinder and search for my name, you will find a lot of things. And it's really crazy because this was so many releases I even can't remember. It's 40 years ago. Yeah, I don't know. So there's a lot more that you released and were a part of than you can see in Commodore Scene database. Yeah. Uh, it's not. I also think I really don't like the scene database. Because really? Uh, okay. Because there are too much, yeah, too much power of people who have to arrange things, they're wow. voting people down just because they want to do it, do it and it it's not a real competition anymore. Yeah. And Yes, of course. Yeah. And the Commodore Scene database is really controversial. Yeah. yeah. The best thing would be the, the internet site would go down and uh, people have to uh, create a new way to, to to join the community if it's lost. I don't know. I don't want to uh, take it away from the people because I know they they really communicate over this 
thing, and a lot of things are really cool. And but I know it also has some bad points of it. And if it's too much political power involved of maybe a few people who decide how it works, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, if, I, get, if, I, get if, I get your point. I get your point. Uh, I don't know if it, it's, it's yeah, what I really still love for this. and But for sure, I even start not to lock on these systems anymore because it's too bad feelings about this. I don't want to see it anymore. I even have bad feelings when I look at TV. There are too much bad news even. I don't yeah. need this in the scene anymore, yeah. even. But I think the thing with um, Commodore C database is it would be bad if it goes down <coughs> because of all the information and releases you have there. If you want something better, you first need a replacement. And that's the thing. Yeah. Who else yeah, is well, ready to start from zero? Yeah, but replacement for which people, if people like me who die somewhere, for what will you do it for the for the next generation? There are not so many people who to join the, the scene like in in my time. That's true. When you, That's true. Yeah. When, when you see uh, on the parties, always the same old people. Okay, now on Evoke they create a comp competition for really youngster or yeah. just 12 or 30 years old that's i really like it that toby did this but it's not the same amount of people who will continue yeah i don't know the scene will die out yeah that's, sure. that's what i'm talking about i don't know i think just enjoy the, the time like it is and yeah. uh, enjoy the path and Good the point. fun you have and yeah okay i think that's the major point of it anyway is there anything any stories you could tell us from the early 80s that are perhaps interesting to preserve there are so many stories but i it's i really have to take my time to think about because it's so long time ago and a lot of old people I even can't contact and ask them because they don't care anymore about the scene. Yeah. So for me it's 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 different to to do it. I don't know. I always I gave also an interview to Dipswitch and to some people who wanna release a book which was never released. Ah, but bad. I always yeah gave him my 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 network to do it the project but i don't know it's i'm not alone in the world if they don't do it together it even don't work true but i don't have to worry about it this <coughs> interview will definitely get out okay and i hope people will enjoy it and maybe not the new ones but maybe the old people imagine what I'm talking about and maybe they think of today and maybe there are some major changes to make it better for the future. That It's my hope mm. if I'm talking about the time and yeah, mm. I don't I mean, know. It's interesting that you mention it because earlier we had an interview with, with Kelsey Newman who is actually co-president and founder of the Video Game History Foundation. And she is 27 and she learns about the NES games from the 80s. So way before she was even born. So there are people in their 20s looking back at the 80s and looking at what was there back then. Not yeah. many, perhaps, but there are people being interested in the time before they were born. Yeah, but this is the same in, in the electronic music uh, scene. People people playing tracks which are so old, and yeah, the original producers of it, they say, hey, this track I 
produced in the 80s, in the 80s or in the 90s, and they played on a really big festival, and people, yeah, they just yeah, enjoy this track like we did in the 90s, but they even don't know because they even wasn't born to that time when the track was born. And yeah, I'm thinking it's a good way to, to look on the past and yeah, just to get some new inspiration for it. And yeah, Which is sometimes... Which question. Um, what is your new inspiration? My new inspiration? I don't know. I like I like communities with friends. I I like electronic music f forever, and I even was grow up with my parents, which was also really in music business. Like they do doing on parties on the jazz music, and yeah, they gave it to me as advantage because when I was eight or nine, I even know every jazz tracks people mentioned uh, as classic. I even know them all because my father just played it on his uh, vinyl player and it was yeah it was just a growing up. I came from jazz to EVM music and later on then to touring music into techno and yeah I love electronic music. That's my music and I even know so many people even besides the scene because they also running beside what we did mm -hmm. i even help out really long really a lot of people with white labels and gave it to them and they even don't know what they have to do with this but when i talked in the last few years Uh, they really uh, recognized, uh, really thank you for all this white labels. It was inspiration for me and my inspiration to create music. And yeah, sometimes it's really, it's really strange because sometimes I just do things. I even don't know what it has to help out. And later on, some people join together and just do new projects on it and i even don't know i just gave it uh, as a tool to them but i even it was not my intention to do it i just do it but i even don't know why i do it and sometimes i i'm maybe too light years ahead and i'm see things which nobody else thinks i know producer or coder but I also a creative guy because I have uh, a lot of ideas, but and I just yeah share it with friends and some things you can do it for projects, but a lot of things also you can't use it. But I don't care because it's always maybe 50 or 20 percent I give to them and they produce something new for it. Nice. But the main thing is the mostly people think I'm arrogant asshole and they even don't know what person I'm really being because they don't know me. They have a, they have their meaning of me and they even don't know me. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and, I, mean, I guess I know what you mean. The prejudgment is horrible, yeah. People tend to put people into boxes and have their opinions before even meeting a person. Yeah. Yeah, but I don't care about this shit anymore. I'm now 85 years old and I don't have the time to waste my time on the shit. I hope, mean, for I, what? hope I hope you mean 58. Yeah. 58. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Because he said 85 and was like, ah. Oh no, 58, 58. <laughs> That's why I don't speak uh, for ages, uh, no English anymore. <laughs> no, no problem. Yeah. I can cut that out. Not a, not a big deal. Not a big deal. Anyway, yeah. so I heard you actually. We are going to see each other this year because uh, you will be coming to Gamescom for a day. I heard, right? Yeah, I hope uh, it's. Um, 
working right now uh, this year because last year I even can get a ticket because but I don't have a really new telephone and I even can install the app to get ticket to buy it electronic. Oh yes, that, that should be possible because this year you can do it from a computer. You don't need to have an app. Okay, yeah, cool. Yeah. Yeah, nee, it's no problem to, to, to go to 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 the to Cologne to get the ticket and yeah, it would be great to to be one part one day to meet some friends. I even just want to join the retro hall because the other halls with the new games, so that's not my reward anymore. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really cool. So it's now I think even four thousand baht. How do you say? It's really big hall right now. And I think it's even an own party besides the Gamescom. I think. Because yes, you're right. Um, the red area is always considered the most liked part of Gamescom, actually. Yeah, yeah. because, okay, I was invited to the Media uh, 37 last year because oh. Factor 5 gave me a ticket and yeah, it was really cool. Will you and be there this year as well? I hope so. I, I don't talk to Lutz any the last month or so because he was too busy and now he's really ill because of nothing special. But I have to talk to him again because he always get me a ticket because it all was last year it was already sold out. Yeah, that's the thing. A friend, a friend of mine got me a ticket in time, so. If you are there, then we would meet two times this year, actually. Yeah, it would be great. I, I really, I really, I saw Scene World as, as a release on the 64 database. You can use it with a 64 browser to click the menu in the browser on the 64. That was exactly, really cool. Exactly, exactly. Yes, and yes. I don't think many people really know this. Yes, and yes, yes. when I was active on Facebook, I always support the magazine on Instagram or my Facebook fan sites because I really like the Mac. So Awesome. Thanks a lot. Yeah, but that's no deal. I do just do it for my friends. I don't want to have anything back what I'm doing. I just do it to help them out. Even they really don't really imagine it, just later on they know what I did. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Yeah, yeah, I tried to call NodePoint uh, the last uh, two days, but uh, then he told me, okay, I have to go to Switzerland. Yeah, he told me the same. He said he can't be part of this interview today. Yeah, I because. Like, okay, so I have to do it alone. Uh, yeah, because I was uh, thinking of no working hardware, I just uh, going to his place and we could do it uh, at his place. It was uh, no problem. But if it's if he is too busy, it's uh, it's uh, hard. But I think uh, if you release this audio interview, it's really yeah, it's like the old days because in '83 there was no video calling people That's true. Yeah. you know what i mean yes. because it's uh, something authentic to it i remember as a kid we even didn't have smart we even didn't have mobile phones we had to go to a phone booth to call home yeah and insert coins and then stuff wow <laughs> yeah yeah That's i even ha- have a dialer for my blue box program I got from the Canadian people and I always go to my phone booth on my neighbor street and call worldwide with blue boxing from the telephone. Wow, yeah. That was really funny. It was so crazy time because my best hacking supplier, he just lives in the neighbor street where I'm living. And yeah, people even can't remember how close it was in in our good times. That they all know them, and just 
live really close to them. Yeah, and I remember back then the phone call qualities were horrible. I remember, can you understand me? Hello? Hello? <laughs> like, oh my god. I, I remember when we were in a holiday at Denmark and we okay. were supposed to call home to let my grandparents know that we arrived safely. They barely could understand what we were saying because the connection was so bad. <laughs> yeah, wow. But, uh, wow. Was, yeah, but the uh, infrastructure wasn't so set up to that time. Exactly, exactly. And yes. um, today the telephone network in Denmark is much better than, than our telephone network. That's also very true. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but and I I re really have a lot of uh, non knowledge of this because I'm working for the telecom for 20 years and I I really know all history how to build it up. When I start at the telecom, there were many rooms just for the dining thing for the for the it was. All, always no no digital and yeah it's already major changes over the years yeah it all became digital yeah yeah but today I don't know because I'm working for for the network for the telecom who yeah who was a bridge between the new companies and the telecom if you have a problem if it's, it's a problem to transport the call from one net to the, the next one. There was a lot of uh, things which were working wrong. And in that time, I'm working for that. Nobody of these new companies even really have any knowledge to serve this much of it. Yeah. And yeah, I'm thinking, I really think that was a, not a good point of for the German government that they just go special the open scene. Of course, it was a good point to open the market, but it was always bad quality. Yeah, and because the telecom always have to pay. The, the money for the new companies and they get their fraud but the telecom have to grow it up and investigate uh, the network and I'm thinking that was not the really fair way to do it mm. and yeah but that's the point if you too engage in internal things people don't really know and yeah. they even don't care anymore about this yeah. And I, I think that's the major trouble of uh, today, that people really just want to make money, but don't want to care about the quality. Yeah, that's true. And yeah. I don't know, I even would pay even some more money if it's a, it's a good product and if it's don't fucked up in the next week. Yeah, that's no? true. Yeah, I remember the early days of voiceover over internet protocol that was yeah. horrible that was horrible i remember phone calls disconnecting all the time and stuff and really bad voice quality i remember those early days yeah. when they made the switch from analog to digital it barely worked yeah but uh, in the beginning it just was rented um, lines today it's all in the internet exactly and exactly. it's Sometimes it's uh, even not better because you can't um, control a lot of things. Uh, you don't know who, why the system fucked up. And yeah, that was in the in in the time I'm working for the telecom even more approved that they always have to look at it to keep uh, up the quality. Yeah, but the world still moving around you can't stop it that's the point hmm. yeah yes i guess you are totally correct here yes but it's yeah. it's good that you're keeping it up and that you are still active and keeping the thing alive and hopefully there will be a bright future 
Who yeah, knows? I hope so. I hope so too. Yeah. Awesome. So, is there any other place where people can find the stuff you did than Commodore Scene Database and Pokefinder, or are um, those actually the two main places? I'm. When a deep search starts that project with his printing these letters and mm -hmm. is about the letters we sent around, I help him a lot with a lot of letters and my friends from the movers, they have tons of letters in in their rooms and there was a lot of letters I sent to Thousand One Crew or other people <laughs> and Sorry. when he scanned it he say, oh I get again a letter from you you sent to this guy or to this guy and uh, the funny thing is a um, long time ago I I create a letter and I mentioned I made it like like the, the milk program did today i just wrote it down on a letter i mentioned people note to this guy and note to this guy and note to this guy and it was just a real life chat on a letter yeah that's actually true that many people don't know you used to have multiple people addressed in the same note just by saying at this person at that person yeah yeah I totally, yeah, and, uh, totally remember. Yeah. yeah. So, awesome. yeah. Awesome. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.